Crossface. The Daily Talk Show. A conversation sometimes worth recording with Josh Jansen and Tommy Jacket. It's The Daily Talk Show, episode 247. Matt DeVilla. Back again. It's Sydney. How long are you in Sydney for? I'm in Sydney until January 4th, and then yeah. we're out. Yeah. It's how nice. Many, how many times have you been to Australia? You know, this is my fourth time. Mm-hmm. I've been here for three weddings. Really? <laughs> yeah. And then one all was Nat's just friends? a holiday visit. Yeah, all Natalie's friends. And I don't have any Australian wedding. friends. Besides <laughs> you guys. <laughs> flies over to crash weddings. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> God, that's uh, a big commitment to come back. Like, do you see the LA uh, to Sydney flight as something, it's like super laborsome? Because I know a lot of Americans are like, bro, that's so far away where you live. Yeah, it's the LA is not as bad as the. <laughs> You've got a bit of bamboo. A little on bit your, of bamboo on my yeah, mic. It's all good. Um, uh, the the New York trip was tough because yeah. that's like twenty three hours, two flights, and the entire like you're getting your sleep schedule back yeah. is really tough. But now having been in Sydney for a couple of days, I feel like I'm already on my schedule. I feel like I'm like into my routine yeah. and I don't get too tired at night. So I think like the LA difference is not as bad. Daylight savings and stuff. I think it all lines up pretty nicely. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. It's only five hour time difference, although it is a day and a half ahead. It's mm. five hours in terms of your circadian rhythm. Yeah. Uh, but I also think people who say, oh, I didn't get jet lag, they're assholes. Yeah, <laughs> because like who doesn't? Yeah. yeah, people who say circadian rhythm are also us. Nat <laughs> <laughs> calls me a shithead for saying circadian rhythm. She's like, "What do you always call that again?" And I'm like, it's "Is just, that what know. it's called?" Is that I what? Don't know. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's like you're just your natural rhythm of sleep. Yeah. Do you just, t- ever done like melatonin? Yeah, we do. I mean, you guys, are, the melatonin, it's like hard to come by here, yeah. or you have to get a prescription, I think, really? to get melatonin. But yeah, because Nat makes her uh, or Nat's mom makes her bring like bottles, and really? that actually might be illegal. <laughs> I, is this live? Yeah, no, we, but we don't edit. We asked you earlier, did you uh, declare? have to declare anything when you uh, came to the country? No, no, no. Yeah, just the melatonin, but we didn't declare it. Um, yeah, it's also expensive as fuck. Does it actually work? Yeah, you know, it works. It, not The melatonin's not expensive. I meant mostly just traveling, traveling here. Yeah. The melatonin's pretty damn affordable. <laughs> but the... Uh, if you know a guy, uh, yeah. <laughs> The melatonin's good, but it there's a tolerance that goes away and yeah. it's typically only good for travel. Like if you're trying to implement it every single day, mm. it's, it's not going to make much of a difference mm. in the long run. All right. Um, just describe what you're seeing right oh there. Oh my God. It's amazing. We have like local fauna. <laughs> uh, is that birds? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's up there with circadian. So what the, so <laughs> uh, these birds, I run a nature channel. We're, all. we're on the Sydney Harbor near the opera house um this is like the the botanical gardens of sydney Mm. those birds are also known as sky rats and bin chicken bins chicken yeah yeah they're bin garbage bin rats i actually the other day when when i was in sydney i was filming them from a like uh for a part of my video and then somebody came by me and said ugly fucking bird (laughs) (laughs) i was like i don't know i thought it looked kind of cool but (laughs) yeah no they're um what would you what would this same Maybe it's like uh, like a pigeon. So what's it's something in America? Nothing like a pigeon. No, as no, not in looks, what's but in terms of in being gross. That is so yeah. annoying. Like, yeah, yeah. It's so annoying, but kind of crows cute. Crows are scary are as hell. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I would say like yeah. No, nah, maybe you don't even have any. Do you guys these have things. crows? Uh, yeah. Well, we have crows in LA. Like 
creepy as hell. Like the black. Yeah. And like they're big. And there were a few of them that I think that they were following me around like from street to street. And it was sketchy. They're uh, YouTube followers that are uh, stalking you. (laughs) (laughs) Just just like in a crow outfit. (laughs) Do you know, I, um, when I was growing up, my mum told me that Santa had birds and the birds were always watching as a way of making sure that I was keep being good. Mm. And crows, for whatever reason, there was heaps of crows in my primary school and I would always think that they were watching to God, make sure the I deep, was good. The, the lie runs deep. Yeah. That's rough, dude. Do you know any family members that are like Elf on the Shelfing? Have you heard of Elf on the Shelf? No, I haven't. What is that? Elf on the Shelf is this magical elf around Christmas time yeah. and he's doing all these crazy things. You guys don't know. Glad that we're doing a bit of elf banter. It isn't even Christmas anymore, guys. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's, it's well past. It's, it's Boxing Day. Yeah, it's Boxing Day. Uh, so, do you have Boxing Day in the states? Uh, we don't celebrate as, Boxing as Day. What do you guys? Do you guys celebrate Boxing Day? We celebrate day? Nah. It with buying a whole bunch of shit. We I don't, don't think need. we celebrate. Ah. We don't really celebrate. No, there's it. no celebration. Uh, a Boxing Day test is a cricket match yeah. in here that's like epic. MCG mm. in oh, Melbourne happening. So, in terms of, right. I guess that's a that's a ritual that is every year but then there's the sales the Boxing Day sales which opens at like would have opened this morning like 5am some places just like well over Christmas deals 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 over Christmas Chadston was doing like 30 something hour non-stop like a shopping centre was doing like non-stop trading that's just New York (laughs) yeah is that (laughs) every night no but the uh, I feel like Australia has a way of taking Americanisms or American holidays but doesn't necessarily go the other way we got into Black, uh, Black, Black Friday. Friday. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Cyber, Cyber Monday. Yep. So it's the equivalent, I think, of Black Friday. I'd never heard of Black Friday until I was a, a yeah. grown adult. Yeah. It's probably more recent that it's come mm. over yeah. here. Is Boxing Day an actual thing in the States, though? It's on all of our calendars, yeah. and oh, nobody really? knows what it means. Oh, interesting. <laughs> there's a, what is boxing? Is that like for boxing fighting or what? Oh, people have no idea. Yeah. I don't think most people have no idea what it is. And I I, I don't know. What is box? Like, what, do you the know the origins of I think of it? it's like. Boxing up presents or something to return. <laughs> I don't know what the deal I could have something to do with the elf on the shelf. No, we I think little, <laughs> as little knowledge on what Boxing yeah. Day is. As this elf is an on expert podcast for experts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's um, maybe a British thing. I feel like it's got the British vibes. Either way, it. it's, it's right. It centers around it? buying shit in yeah. the buying shit. In Australia. Yeah, yeah we Which, do that very well in America. Yeah. What's We're a weird pros. thing that you're discovering around Australia? What's some weird shit that we do? You know. I feel like people try to point out the differences because it's fun between Australia and America yeah. as in like oh you know like the waiters the waiters in America like they just they don't get it like Australians or like but then I hear it from both sides where some people yeah. are like the Australian uh, or American waiters are so quick they're so happy they're so cheerful it's so nice because they're and getting then tips they're getting tips but yeah. then I've also heard the opposite that it's like you know what just the Australians they just the, they just care more when they're waiting on people really yeah that's what I've heard but then I'm also like I just don't know who to believe anymore <laughs> and then it's also like I just the work culture is definitely definitely a big i guess point of debate yeah but i think the spectrums wide so are so varied in that like you will have the corporate culture of america yeah which can be kind of challenging to navigate there's a lot of politics involved it can be very stressful and demanding and then you have 
and strict. And then you have the startup culture and world, which is a little bit more laid back. Mm. You drink on Friday nights. You, you have happy hour. Yeah. What is that? You wear hoodies. You wear hoodies. Yeah. Mm. It's like <laughs> the same kind of things that people complain about in the corporate structure of like being like, well, women could never get away with wearing a hoodie. Yeah. You can do that in a startup. And I think anybody could get away with wearing a hoodie. Yeah. So it's like, it's very hard to make a blanket statement between even American culture in general versus another culture. So I just gave you the shittiest answer no, to no, that no, question. No, I want to know, like, when do you most I was most thinking feel about Elf on the Shelf, personally. <laughs> yeah. When do you feel most out of place, though? What feels, like, culturally? There's got to be things where it's, like, for me, going to Starbucks... He looked I, at me when, bit, when you said takeout. You, said, well, you were getting coffee before, and you... I don't mm. know if you were just looking at me because you were like, do you, you want said one? Take- but you said, um, to go, to go. To go. Where we say, do you want that takeaway? Takeaway. Yeah, we don't say, say to, go. to go. Yeah, or even you would say uh, bill, I think, instead yeah. of check. check. Yeah. yeah. Like, what do you mean check? What do you mean check? <laughs> I think that's that's mas- mainly the big difference is just like subtle language cues. Mm-hmm. And it takes a while to kind of pick up on it. Like the avos and... Avos. Avocado. Okay. Avo, avo toast or the... Yeah. Avo, avo. Next avo. Next avo oh, afternoon. Like, afternoon. Oh, yeah. Did I get, did I did I pronounce it wrong? We were, no, Natalie no, and I were you in. Pronounced it right. If you're yeah. from America. Well, I mean, you said Natalie. avo and avo. Like I couldn't tell the first time. Were you trying to say avo? And I corrected. I was trying you, to say avocado. afternoon. I was trying to say yeah. afternoon. <laughs> the whole time it was afternoon. But I remember Nat and I were in IKEA, and IKEA is just. You guys don't have IKEA here. Yeah, do you? Yeah. you do. Yeah. It's very tough store to get through. Uh, absolutely. It's like it's a stressful in your relationship. We always say yeah. that they should have like that. You know, they have a section for each thing in your home, and they yeah. should just have like family therapy at the end of it <laughs> to get through all your problems that you had that came up while through the store. But at one point, we were going through, and she's like, "Oh, we need to go to the dresses next." I was like, the dresses? There's, they don't sell dresses here. And yeah. why would you ever buy a dress at Ikea? Mm-hmm. She's like, no, we need to get the dresses. Let's go to the dresses. And then it, it was legit like a good minute, a solid mm-hmm. minute of me being like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And then she said, no, the dressers. And uh, she was starting to say, and I said, okay, say dressers, and then say dresses. <laughs> and it was the same. <laughs> it was identical. There was absolutely no difference. Um, so it's been tough. It's been tough on our relationship. <laughs> the minimalism stuff given that we're um, a day after Christmas and Boxing Day is all about buying shit. Everyone's got crap they don't need right yeah. now. What what uh, what year was it that you decided that you were a hashtag minimalist? Hashtag minimalist. It was, I want to say, 2010. I just graduated from college with $97,000 in debt. And Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, maybe that's something number. that we do a little bit different. Yeah. It sounds like the perfect lie, though. Cause it's it like, really does. Yeah. 100,000 would have sound bullshit, like yeah. full bullshit, but 97, you're like, ah, it's a very specific number. What was the breakdown of that cost? That was literally just your school. That was all student loan, loan debt. Yeah, it was, and it was categorized into different places that I had gotten borrowed loans from. But it also, it's funny that you mentioned that because my brother has made one of those soundboards where you click a different thing and it has a different sound on it of yeah. me. And it has, I have said over the years, 95, 96, 97, <laughs> yeah. and 100. So what is and it? I've never said 99. What is it? Uh, I'm almost certain it's 97. It comes from my memory of just being like, I'm pretty sure the highest I remember it being was like 97.5 something. The like crazy I, thing is you actually, if you're not sure and it's that much money, regardless yeah. of five, six, or seven, well, at that point so it doesn't matter. Like, it feels like, I guess, the difference between 97 and 102 like when you're talking about that such a high number yeah it was over 95,000 and that's all that matters really and you bought a car 
Oh, yeah. Then I bought a brand new car, which was a Kia. It wasn't a nice car, but it was still a new car. And then I ended up being like $118,000 in debt. So how there. much was the car? So the car was, was about 20000 <laughs> Yeah. And so what was it? Because I feel like the states have a different model in the way they do car financing. Did you... Yeah, what was the deal? Anyone can get it? Yeah, well, I feel oh, like easy, it's normally easy. like also... There's a bunch of Uber drivers where it's like, yeah, I just bought like six Priuses and I've got my cousins all driving. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Uh, that's got an entrepreneur, Josh. That is one thing I've heard. <laughs> like maybe. Dumb. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think all Australians don't. You guys don't lease cars, right? Or like no. you don't finance cars. You to generally the, will buy well, the used car. I, f- I feel like in the I've states, got a finance car. Yeah, I've, like I feel like normally we don't really talk about like the monthly payment as the advertising like from the advertising point of view where it seems like in the states they'll be like you can get a Camry for $199 a month is that sort of the is that how you bought your car were you you seeing the monthly repayments no I think I was a little bit more practical and that I just figured okay this is how much money it's going to cost and it's going to take five years until I'm able to pay it off yeah so uh, but you know I kind of looking back on it I definitely would not have bought a new car mm. right out of college with that amount of debt who do you blame for financial parents. stupidity yeah <laughs> now it, I mean my parents weren't great with money and I don't I don't blame them for my well, lack you of knowledge the bad habits I just don't know if I was ever taught good habits yeah. Yeah. and I think that's the thing for most people is this, they just don't know what to do mm-hmm. and maybe we do see commercials for buying a new mm-hmm. car or, or mostly it's probably social peer pressure uh-huh. of seeing people maybe that have more money or don't buying or getting the least car uh, everybody's going to college so you feel that peer pressure to go to college as well to pay that debt uh, to get all those student loans and then it wasn't until I got out of college that I realized how trapped I was having moved home having all this debt not being able to like live on my own that I realized I needed to make a change and I had to start looking at my finances. And that was when I found minimalism, Mm -hmm. which helped me to just reprioritize where I was focusing my time and where I was spending my money. Is it a moment of looking and finding some information going, I'm fucked? Or, I mean, because when you're in a situation, you're in debt... It's there's a lot of justification going on. There's it is your it's it's your reality. So, is there a moment where you kind of have this penny drop moment, which is like I need to get out. This is this is the solution. Yeah, I think I think there has to become a moment where you actually face it because mm. I think for most people, especially with people in consumer credit card debt, they just don't even look at their bank accounts. Yeah. They're afraid to even look to see mm. what their next statement balance is. Did you think about the debt much when you were going into college? Because I feel like in Australia we have like hex and stuff like that where it's like Bree's paying back a small like mm-hmm. um, help loan or whatever, which well, was like from when she was uh, did a course. Well, but I remember only kicks in when you earn over a certain yeah. amount of money. Well, she well. Didn't, wasn't even really thinking about it, but no. now like money is going out of her pay each month to be able to pay it. Is it the same in the States or do you feel like you're more attached with, no, this is how much it is and you're going to have to pay it? You think, oh, that's just a problem for future Matt. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't think, and you think, oh, well, I'm going to be making good money when I graduate. So, uh, but really like if you don't, or if you aren't proactive with it mm. and you have the kind of debt that I had, you'd be paying that off until you're 40 plus years old. Yeah. And that's kind of insane. Do people get mortgages whilst still having... Oh, all the time. Yeah. That debt? Yeah. Does it contribute to your all... Like, so 
to, we have like a credit score here and you can see how much debt you've got and you'd have to declare that. Do you have to c- declare your student debt in America when yeah. going for a mortgage? Uh, you do have to do it. Like I think it factors into your credit score yeah. and actually in a fucked up way, it, it probably makes your credit score better to have debt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is the screwed up part to where show I, that you can pay it back. So that you can pay it back. To, and it's to like, then borrow more. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's like a yeah. kind of credit card utilization score, which is like the uh, percentage of debt you have versus what you're paying off. Australia has something really different. Cause I know mm. I remember I read, I think it was, um, Ramit Sethi's I'll teach you how to be rich. And his sort of advice around getting credit cards doesn't necessarily translate mm. to the Australian credit score system. Well, oh, well really? if you look at what you've done, I think, and I've had some friends push back on those people who say don't go, don't like a blanket, no credit cards, do not ever get yourself into a serious debt. It's like you have learned a lot from being in it. It's not to say you'd ever encourage people to actually go and do it. I'm Serious su- debts isn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, 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 like, I see where you're going. And, like, it's actually a good point is that like, it's very hard to like say that it was a good thing even though I got so much out of it. Like, yeah. it actually like, changed my relationship with money, which was the best thing ever, is that when I was paying off my debt, I didn't see any money that was coming in as mine. Yeah. I was making money as a freelance filmmaker. I was building up my business. And I was able to, like, I had a crazy goal in the beginning to pay off all my debt in two years, which is just absurd, especially because at the time, I, I like only had $20 in my bank account. Mm. That's not a made-up number because it's <laughs> round. <laughs> it's, it, was like, it was like, I think I overdrew my account and I had to borrow money from my mom. And I had no money and... I didn't have a lot of prospects coming in. And then just over the next two years, I really grew my business quickly. Not enough to pay off all of that, but Mm. I ended up paying off all my debt in four and a half years. Mm. And it was like this mentality of this money that I'm making isn't mine. And so I'm not going to be spending it on myself. I'm not going to be buying myself too much shit that I don't need. Uh, Minimalism helped in that regard too. But it was like, I just need to get out of this. And then when I got out of debt, I still kind of had that same relationship with money where I still am a little bit more frugal. I don't like spend excess money and I'm a little bit, uh, a little bit more mindful with where my money goes. Do you it's, budget? Uh, otherwise known as a tight ass. <laughs> tight ass. Yeah, exactly. Do you budget when it comes to like uh, how much you spend on food? No, no. And like, I, I really am not that, like a tuna guy. I feel like you'd be like a can yeah, of like tuna. Yeah, like a good can of tuna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good solid meal, a lot of protein. Um, uh, you, do you, I feel like you are a can of tuna. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. I'm a can, can of tuna for the money or for the protein? For both. the protein, and for both. sure. Yeah. Well, and the, the taste. I like the taste too. Yeah. And it's an easy meal. Gotta but I, you got to worry about the mercury. mercury. Got to yeah, worry about yeah. the mercury. So I used to All eat. right, Tony Robbins. No, I think it was um, <laughs> I used to have one a day. Josh got like, it was either Josh or Ryan, one of the Josh did got done from the minimalists yeah Yeah, he's had a lot of health problems and like just mercury was just kind of like and might as well throw that in the mix why not throw it on top and uh but yeah no i've been mindful of the the mercury but it's a solid meal do you get like plain or do you get like chili oil no i just get the plain with uh, in olive oil though okay this is a food diary segment (laughs) i love talking about food especially like what people eat the um when you were paying back that money that would have been the time where one of your clients was a company called Vidler. Oh, for sure. Um, I remember Gary V mm-hmm. being like on Vidler, even like like Gary V, who you're going to have on your um, YouTube channel pretty soon in January. He um, he talks a lot about like being on YouTube in the early days, but I reckon he put all of his money initially and energy into Vidler. So he mm-hmm. was a. So what is Vidler? 
<laughs> Vidler was like it. an early video. Vidler was a video hosting site early on that was actually a competitor with YouTube, and it was pretty on par in the beginning. And then YouTube just took off, and Vidler mm-hmm. ended up becoming more niche. They mm-hmm. provided a little bit different services, so like they had annotations. Uh, annotations. Yeah, you cool. could click on a point in the timeline, and it helped for adding chapters and letting people know where it is in the video. And you could do custom branding, which you couldn't do on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And Gary V was an early investor in the company, as well as he used it for his wine library show early oh, yeah. on. And I actually did an interview with Gary uh, probably a year or two, maybe 2012, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and did like a sit down interview with him just about content and stuff. And we, he kind of talked about that. But it's funny because is that out? Is that out? The what? interview? Yeah. Yeah, but that was with Vidler. Like Vidler was paying me to do okay. that as a client testimonial type piece. Yes. Because he was an investor, but also used it as a client. Because I, I remember it like Vidler back in maybe oh six oh seven. Would that have been the been the year that you're working on it? Two thousand ten is when I worked with them, but that uh-huh. was they they were around for four years. Uh-huh. And what's the the learning of being having a client that's a startup? What did you actually learn working with these businesses? Now that was one of the best clients that I had up front because. Uh, they were my first retained client, really, yeah. where they paid me money, you know, a couple thousand bucks a month to mm-hmm. make videos for them. And it was the first amount of consistency that I had. And then it is so important to have that kind of consistent money coming in or at least having a good amount of money come in because then I could say no to the projects that I didn't really care about. Mm-hmm. Although, like, for the most part, I was just saying yes to everything because I was like, I need to make money (laughs) to pay off my debt so I can move the hell out of my parents' house. Mm. Uh, But it was like, you know, I think you learn so much from experience in those early years that you can't learn from a book. Yeah. You have to actually get the experience dealing with a client, screwing up on a deadline, uh, you know, figuring out, managing expectations. I have to learn the hard way. Like, it's it's one of the only ways that it really cements in my head my thick skull of... (laughs) Don't do it like that again. Yeah. You need to Which, burn your finger on the stove. 100%. I've burnt my hand so many times. Mm-hmm. I sometimes I don't learn and I go back. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, that's hot. Yeah, I did that again. <laughs> again. Yeah. <laughs> and so the the finance stuff that you learnt within business, has that just translated to everyday life, the personal stuff? Or do you see running a business versus running personal finances, different things? Well, I think it's very similar because they're so like intertwined mm-hmm. in my life and my, my work life is very much my personal life because I love what I do. And I think that becomes difficult in like separating period. It's like, when do you shut off? Yeah. When do you stop thinking about your work? Yeah. When do you stop thinking about like, what you're going to say on the next podcast or what video you're going to make next week? Um, I think we that's, don't think that's the beauty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you think about what you make? Um, but it, so that is the difficult part, I think, about being in a creative field mm. is having time where you truly shut down and shut off. But then again, it's like, it's, it's, I mean, we're very lucky to be in a place mm. where we get to do what we love. Yeah. You know, that for me, that place, I haven't been there because I'm not a kid anymore, but it was when I was a kid and you'd be sick and you'd be in bed and you'd stay home from school. And you just watch movies. I just remember that as like, what else was I thinking about? Not school. Mm, what else yeah. did I have going on? Fuck all. And as you get older and you've got responsibilities and business and you know social life and family kids, and kids, yeah. it's like, wow, there's, there's not much time that you truly can have to yourself where you're removing. Because you can't. Mm. You, could, you could disconnect from the responsibilities for a moment, mm-hmm. but you need to re-engage and 
get back to reality. I think it's it, it's it sounds hard. It sounds like a bad existence when I say it like that. But if you can find a, a life that you actually love, mm. and I think freelance and having your own business for me is like that place where it's hard as it is, and as, as much as I think about it. You wouldn't if it was a job, and I was thinking about it like this. I'd get out. Yeah, and you wouldn't want it to be easy. No, because if, if it was easy, then you wouldn't be challenged. Mm. You wouldn't have difficult problems to solve. Uh, I think it's just to make sure that the stress doesn't become too much. Yeah, that it negatively impacts your life, mm. and that you bring it home or you bring it into your relationships. Mm. But overall, it's like yeah, you you kind of want it to be a little bit difficult, mm. and you want to push yourself right yeah. to do shit that maybe you don't think or at one point you never thought you could do one of your last videos slow down was, mm. it, was it slow the fuck down it was slow down but slow in the video down. I say slow I don't yeah, curse yeah. in my titles but I do curse in my videos okay no I was wondering <laughs> um, what, I, I've watched it but explain to us what what the thinking of that because it seems like it came at a time where it, from the outside looked like it could be a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want it to make it look like that. No, but Dave I think when some, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's when, why I was worried it was going to come across like that because, and I tried to clear clarify that in the video. No, it's great. I, I love it. Build I, some uh, yeah. some hype around the breakdown that's happening. <laughs> Shaves his head, chases paparazzi. Yeah, no, yeah but yeah. I think. It, Gets married in Vegas, literally. Lots of shit's happening. Becomes a traveling minimalist vlogger. Well, lots of shit's happening. Gives it up. (laughs) And and so what's going on? Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. So, okay. That was when we talked about this uh, previously. It's like this idea of consistency. Mm. That was the thing that got me here. But then it's maybe not... I mean, consistency, I think, will always be important. But also, like, we, we set these unrealistic pressures on ourselves sometimes that I have to do this. I have to make a video every week. I got to make a podcast Mm. every week and I could never take a break. I could never take off. And I was putting a lot of work into my videos uh, and I was also traveling a lot. So it was difficult to manage both. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was working every weekend and like, it's not like, so I would take like two weeks to be in Sydney and I would work a little bit, but not a lot. And so there, it wasn't like I was just nonstop grinding, working every single day, but it just felt like a lot traveling and then working and trying to make enough videos and keep my content going that I was like making these eight to 10 minute documentaries basically every week, the same amount of energy I would into an eight minute documentary. And I was like, all right, I need to like just relax. I need to pump the brakes a little bit. And... I actually, so I released this video. It's like, it's time to slow down. And it was just kind of talking about this, of feeling like you have to keep going. And then I was like, let me just like, I just want to take a little bit of a break. And the idea was, I think I was going to take, it was just about slowing down, but like, I didn't, I wasn't going to take a break. (laughs) I wasn't actually planning on taking a week off, but then everybody in the comments was like, man, enjoy the time off. We'll see you when you get back. And I was like, oh, I could take a week off. <laughs> I was maybe going to take like uh, the next video off, but then I was going to keep the podcast going and all this yeah. other stuff. And I was like, maybe what if I just, the next week I just take completely mm-hmm. off and I don't upload a video and I don't upload a podcast, which I had done 16 months what, straight. What were the things that you came up with as to why you shouldn't do that? Uh, why you shouldn't have a break? Yeah, why, you should, why you shouldn't take that if, week if off? If I don't take that week off, then likely the next video I post is gonna it's gonna be hurt. Maybe the YouTube algorithm will punish me because I haven't remained consistent. Mm. Maybe people will forget about me because it's been two weeks since they've seen a video from me. Mm. I think it's a lot of things that obviously like it's it's laughable. It sounds like nonsense, but those are the things that you kind of think about. And also the fact that I'm like I could manage it. Like it wouldn't burn me out, mm. but. I'm like, maybe I do need a couple days where I can just 
maybe work a couple hours and not like work 10 hours a day. <laughs> Do you think it's slightly hypocritical that you put out that, but also at the same time, you've had this huge amount of success over the last few, three or four months of doing that, right? Yeah. I guess how would that be hypocritical? Well, just like the uh, you putting in that time, putting in the effort, putting in that work to then say, I want to take a break or, or that you don't need to work this hard. Do you sort of feel like you struggle to take your own advice in that regard? Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's mm. like what happens in a lot of my videos is that mm. this is advice that I'm trying to keep up with myself and I'm not perfect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I've talked about before, like productivity and minimalism and scheduling time to check emails. Mm. That's my ideal version <laughs> of my life. That's what I try to do. Yeah. And like oftentimes, and then when I made the video, that's what I was doing. Yeah. And then three weeks later, I'm checking emails every fucking yeah. 10 yeah. minutes because I'm a human. <laughs> yeah, we slip into bad habits. The, um, the book, Josh, from the guys that uh, made Basecamp, yeah. Uh, Rework. Uh, uh, yeah. No, the, no you don't have to remote? work so oh, no. hard. Yeah. It's okay. Then you want work doesn't have to be crazy. Yeah. Right. I started yeah. reading that. That's and interesting. That's fascinating. Their their turnover. I sort of did some um, diving into how much their company's worth. With the staff that they have, it's like 50, 50 staff. Yeah. They turn over as much as Atlassian. Yeah. That has one thousand one hundred staff, mm -hmm. and those guys. So fascinating about the culture that they've built at their workplace around not having to sort of be crazy at work, and it, it's so funny because it's you could you could look at going the opposite way of working your ass off, and it will probably work as well yeah. as this. Uh, maybe it's harder to go down the approach that they've taken of like, let's have some strict rules, no working on the weekends, no. What, what do you think about relating that to what you've done? Yeah, I mean, well. I it's a great point, and I think that, like, uh, Josh, the point that you brought up was very good, too. Is, like, just, like, is that a little bit hypocritical? But I think that you actually do need to sprint. Yeah. And you need to work really fucking hard in the beginning. I think the point is that it's a paradox, right? That I yeah. think people take one thing and they say, well, like, uh, I... The people who don't need to hear it end up hearing it, and they end up doing right. less work. Yeah. So the people who yeah. aren't fucking working hard enough are like, oh, Matt's saying that I don't need to work as hard, yeah. but the fact is that they actually need to be hearing the opposite yeah, advice. Yeah, I hope. Moment. I think I. I don't know if I cut this out of the video, but I think that I said maybe this advice isn't for you. Maybe right now you need to work. The, the advice for you is to what I followed two months ago, which yeah. was to bust my ass to yeah. get to a point where I yeah. can finally slow down. Yeah. But it's like we have a limited amount of runway if you're trying to pursue a, like a unconventional path as a freelance filmmaker mm. creative like you have a, a runway yeah. and you have to make money and mm. if you take your time and if you have try to have a balanced life and you're waking up in the morning and doing yoga and then you're maybe working for two hours in the day <laughs> like you haven't earned that yet <laughs> it feels yeah. like it, we we can as a society get a bit soft where it's like we want it all where it's like we want to be able to uh, quit our nine to five jobs to replace it with a nine to five job that's on our terms and expect to make the same amount if not more money where as like the way that I end, I started making my money outside of nine to five was working really hard and at the beginning you need to like correct the other way I feel like if this mm. is what you want like I'm more comfortable I feel like to put in more time than I would be before because rather than yeah. working for the man yeah. it's like I'd prefer to spend 12 or 14 hours 
doing stuff that's going to push me forward. Here's the, the other paradox. The What about the person who's listening that has worked their fucking ass off and has for years, but yeah. they actually haven't got the success that they thought they'd get out of yeah. it? Because well, then they're like, if I stop working this hard, I, I don't yeah. know, what's going to happen? There's people who put out probably five videos every single uh, week on YouTube who have less than a thousand subscribers. So it's do something different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Like I, if I kept doing the same thing that I did on week yeah. one of starting my YouTube channel yeah. as to now, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have the channel I have. But that's the paradox again, which is yeah. like be consistent, but stop doing the same thing. Yeah. I mean, yes. you have yeah. to experiment. The same thing, you got to yeah. experiment, and you yeah. got to mix things up. And it is like that's where your personal experience and your gut comes into play, where you have to be like, am I? Is am, is it just that my audience hasn't found me, or is it that yeah. I'm making shitty content? Yeah. And <laughs> do it's, you find there's a, a way to work that out? No, <laughs> <laughs> I think it just takes your gut. I think you like you have to have intuition yeah. as a creator and a creative, and you have to know. I think it, it comes from like we have personal experience with content. We all watch videos, or we will all listen to podcasts, mm. and we know what we like. Yeah, and if we say, hey. Like objectively, I think what I'm making is very good. Mm-hmm. It just maybe I need to like keep at it a little bit longer. Then that's going to be something that you have to decide for yeah. yourself. You've got a great YouTube channel because it's, as you described it, it's like self development for people who aren't necessarily into self development. So it's like the non wanky version of that. Would you yeah. say? Yeah, where I'm trying to make it like entertaining. Yeah, I'm trying to make it interesting. I don't like have a stick up my ass. <laughs> I, I, I'm not an expert yeah. at any of this stuff, uh-huh. and I think that there is just like, I don't know. A lot of people are turned off by self help mm-hmm. and embarrassed about buying a self help book. Yeah, but I think it's like we should all be experimenting in our lives and trying different things and trying to like if we want to be happy, mm-hmm. uh, and you aren't, then I think you have to try different things. Yeah, absolutely. It's the Daily Talk Show, everyone. Hi at thedailytalkshow.com. If you want to send us an email, and uh, Dave Allen's got a couple of new videos. Out two ones on the uh, the whole resolution twenty nineteen yeah news resolutions yeah. should you fucking have one should you maybe focus on a habit I don't know find <laughs> out <laughs> today the talk show have a good one. <laughs>